Hey, you, why you look so sad? Don't be so sad. I tell you what you're gonna do. If you got a vino, you pour yourself a bicchiere of vino. If you don't have a vino, maybe you got a panettone, maybe you got a panini, maybe you got a cafe espresso, but you, you, you fix yourself with something bella nice and you go, go to your computer and you log on to CNT Radio. And you listen to CNT Radio, okay? You do all that, you're gonna feel much better. I promise you. Alright? Ciao! What a busy traffic on this Friday evening. I am almost stuck in this traffic for the last 40 minutes. And there is no way, I think, for me to get to the show. The Sanity Radio Song Bank. Which is going to start very shortly. It's one of my favorite shows. And my, my, what a way to wind down for the weekend. Perfect two hours of fun-filled music. And she has so many great features. Sound of Music. Undercover. Foreign Exchange. Name that tune. And the big wheel that she spins. For who's that? Or where are we? We cannot forget about the international stage. I have never come across such a great show in my life. I think I will have to press hard on my accelerator and go as fast as I can to get home in time. Wow! Wow! Look! I made it! I am almost there! Sienna t Making your day brighter, one song at a time. Looking for sports content on the Bills, Blue Jays, Raptors, Argos, and more? Check out Sports for Beginners with me, Scott McGregor, where we will break down all of the action. To learn more, please follow the Sports for Beginners Facebook page. map this is the show i cover the world of broadcasting sports media and from time to time my favorite sports teams 
here is your host, Ali Musa. studio for broadcast map with your host Ali Musa Welcome to the Monday show. We have arrived at the Monday show. You are tuned to Broadcast Map here on the day of this recording, Monday, September 18th, 2023. I am your host Ali Musa. Joining me today is well i've been looking forward to this one we have least former managing editor and news anchor and currently a professor um at conestoga college lisa drew lisa i really want to take this opportunity to thank you so much for taking the time to join me today i really appreciate you taking some time thank you i fought the urge to say good morning to you so good afternoon ali it's so nice to finally connect with you i feel like we've been uh friends on Twitter slash now X for a very long time. So it's nice to finally get to know you a little bit more. Well, you know, we, yeah, I, I, that is where, yeah, I wasn't sure. So I wasn't sure, you know, um, whether, um, whether you, you know, whether you remembered me because we had connected quite, we had stayed and co- connected quite a bit on Twitter or whatever, or X, whatever it's called now. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And we'd stayed connected in a, and uh, you know, I used to uh, listen to you, um, you know, I have this routine and and it still and it still lies with me today that um every morning like first I'll do a little I get up every morning at 7 a.m. and then I go on the treadmill okay um and then while I'm doing the sit-ups and push-ups I always tune in and would tune in to the news to see what was going on And that's kind of how I always kind of, you know, that's kind of how I always kind of associated it. And then I used to listen to you. And I love you for that. And I hope you're still listening because Mark and Christine are total rock stars on City News Kitchener. So I hope you're still listening. I am. Every Good. morning. Good. Every single morning. Yes. Now, tell us, uh, let's start by, uh, can you tell us a little bit about growing up, your upbringing, growing up? Um, I'm an army brat. Um, so we moved a lot as a family. My dad served in the military and uh, my family moved probably every two years, maybe four years. I think my sister and I counted, we went to 11, uh, 11 different schools by the time you factor in post-secondary. So I was uh, always a new kid at the front of the class every September. Well, quite the, quite the career, quite, quite, yeah. the, quite the growing up, it seems. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it was a pretty wild adventure as a family. Um, you know, we lived on army bases, sometimes we didn't. Um, and you hung out with obviously families going through the same experiences. But my sister and I reflect on it now. And, you know, we wouldn't trade it some really great memories. It did, you know, suck being always being the new kid at the front of the class. But um, I don't know, I, I made a lot of great friends along the way. And it definitely uh, always made me go the extra step when there was someone new joining our team or 
someone even, you know, new at our, in our classroom at the college, I know what it's like to be that new kid and, you know, be at the front of the class and being made to feel welcome and, and to connect with people. So yeah, it was, it was a great experience growing up. Um, I'm sure we definitely gave our parents some angst, maybe even in those teenage years before my dad kind of retired and got a civilian job as we joke, a real job, but uh, serving in the military is a real job. Um, yeah, so it was quite, it was quite the growing up experience. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's uh, good stuff. And um, now then tell, tell us now, uh, what led you to uh, radio and eventually media? Good question, because I kind of went around it backwards, even though it was right in front of me the whole time. Uh, my parents used to joke that uh, when I was young, I would hold up the hairbrush in the mirror, you know, like a microphone, like I was being a news anchor. And um, I, I don't remember, but I have no doubt I did. And I used to love to write stories. Um, in high school, it was back in the olden days of grade 13, or we went to grade 13. And I remember in grade 12 and 13, we used to fill out these, these surveys that would kind of help you narrow down kind of what you wanted to be when you grow up and to help you get a better vision of what you should be applying for in university. Um, and mine did narrow down to communications, but my guidance counselor thought public relations would be a really good fit for me. And I applied for the program at Humber College and I had to go for interviews. It was a very limited space program and I got accepted. Um, so I started going to Humber for the public relations program. And within a month, I was carpooling with one of my friends who was taking the journalism program. And the more he talked about it and told me what he was doing every day in class compared to what I was doing, I knew I was in the wrong program. So within a month of me starting public relations, we went down to the chair of the journalism program made the pitch and they allowed me to transfer into the three-year journalism program, which was newspaper, magazine, TV, and radio. And uh, I took three years of journalism at Humber. Uh, I really wanted to be a magazine writer in my final year. You were just supposed to specialize in print or in um, radio, TV. And I really wanted to go the magazine route, but my professors pulled me aside and really thought I'd be a good fit for radio. Um, maybe because I talk, <laughs> I don't know, but you know what, Allie, it was trust your professors. They saw something that I did not see and man, <laughs> it has been, they were so right. Like they have not steered me wrong. Um, it has just been the most fabulous ride. My internships, which we can talk about were incredible. Um, it was, you know, yeah, keep my going with that. Should I keep talking? See, yeah, here's yeah, the thing, going. right? You can tell I'm a radio person. No, no, no. Just, just keep going. Just keep going. Uh, you know what? It's, it's your show. Keep going. No, no, it's, it's your show, Alex. No, no, it's you your show. Me in. No, no, no. It's your show. It's your show. Keep going. So, going back to to my Humber College experience, um, I was lucky to intern at. This is now going to show my age for everything. Uh, CK CKO, which was all news radio, it went under. Um, 1989, 1889, I think, early 1990. Uh, I was lucky to internship there. And um, there were some incredible people there, including um, Erin Davis. And when I was there, a memo went up that she was going to go over to this FM music station and become a morning show person from being in, being in news at CKO. Um, There's just some incredible names that came out of CKO. And I remember 
um, you know, being able to shadow at Queens Park and work an election night with them, with Jane Brown, who was just incredible. Um, they, it was just, it was just, wow. Like it was beyond my wildest dreams that this is so cool. I was living in Bramley at the time, taking the TTC into Toronto, doing this Toronto internship. And it was just a dream, you know, being at Queens Park and being able to shove a microphone under the premier. Uh, it was just incredible. My mind was blown. And then for my second semester internship, somewhere that's really near and dear to my heart and still is, is uh, CFNY when it was still the spirit of radio in Brampton. Um, this was like the coolest thing to listen to when you were in high school. Live Earl Jive in Beverly had a, a townhouse near my high school and he used to park his Porsche on the front lawn that you could always see from the front of the high school that there was this radio inspiration that if you're on the radio, you got a Porsche. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I interned on the morning show and I was kind of the paper ripper and, uh, you know, phoning the police and putting together some audio pieces for Mary Ellen Benninger, who is still the queen of all radio news to me. Um, and, you know, she's I got still to around. She, I believe she's now uh, working with provincial or federal government doing communications. Last time I chatted with her in the last few years um, during COVID, she, she went into the communication side of things. And um, Alan Cross uh, who, you know, they are, they are a married couple. They were so supportive of me, um, and helping launch my career and just exposing me to things. And Fred Patterson was there and he used to do sports in the morning. Um, you know, it's, so I got to cut his one minute sports mouth and produce that sometimes. And it was just a really cool time to be in the radio business and just to see all of this great stuff happening. It was just really exciting. And I just couldn't believe I was being allowed, you know, to the uh, into the into their studios to to see them see them go. It was just an incredible time. Yeah, and and then like, see, I I think that's the thing though that you know, you know, even even like, see, kind of to kind of bring it like even for me personally, I, you know, I, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to listen to some of the stuff, some of these stuff I've done. Um, but um, I just heard your uh, chat with Don Collins. He used to oh, be my boss. Oh, Don Collins. Yeah, right. Yeah, just yeah. last week. Yep. Yeah. Were yeah. there any others that you checked out? I haven't had a chance yet. I'm sorry. It's been. Oh, no I'm worries. in the middle of flower season, so yeah. now I have all these all these great things to do. As soon as the frost hits in the next two weeks, my my life will expand a bit more. And now I have all these cool podcasts to listen to from you, and a lot of stuff to catch up on Netflix. But you're definitely on my to do list because you've got a lot of people that I've worked with or wanted to work with on the list you've got an incredible playlist there yeah yeah like you know for me it's always you see but even based on that on like kind of going back to the don collins one you know that you could you could probably tell that i like good conversation and um interesting um conversation and excellent conversation so and this was something you know and i've always sort of and i was always you know i always like reading news stories like keeping up on sports i always enjoyed all this stuff so then it, but see i i realized what the industry i realized what the industry what what the industry is and i realized in a sense that that the easiest sort of that this that the simplest way to do that to do you know kind of do it my own way and sort of and Don Colin sort of said it too that you know I I don't that and here we are 
where I have my own sh- my own show where I can do that, have these interesting conversations and, you know, based, you know, on what my passion of media is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a pretty cool business. So I think you're on the right track. <laughs> you're doing great. Oh, thank you. The podcasting site. Yeah. So now tell me, tell us then what, how did, what then, how did you arrive in Kitchener? Um, my first job was actually in Chatham, um, Chatham, Kent, where I've spent every summer um, since I was a baby at the cottage in Erie Beach. And uh, there was an opening for um, a morning news anchor slash reporter slash do every job in the newsroom. <laughs> and uh, I got an interview. I went down and interviewed with the news director, John Jordan. He actually it was a, it was a Thanksgiving long weekend and we did the interview um, at his house right before his Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> like, all this stuff is crazy now. And I tell you about my job interviews. Um, oh, here we go. And, let's, let's go for uh, it. Yeah. So I got the job and I was legit making, I don't know, $14,000 a year. Um, <laughs> doing, doing every mistake you can dream of on the air. And it was the best training ground. It was a great team there that was so supportive. I learned to be on a morning show right away and have a personality, but also read the news and go out late at night, cover, cover like a council meeting in Wallaceburg, drive back to Chatham, cut, cut the tape up and go back to my place, get up literally two hours later, do a morning show. Um, Like you were doing everything. You'd be called out to cover a murder or a protest at city hall. So you're still doing your morning shift and then going out and doing appearances as a morning show. Um, it was like a really great, you know, I, I recommend it to everybody starting out in this business, go to a smaller market, do everything at that radio station, make so many mistakes, but keep growing. And it's a supportive community. And um, yeah, so I was there for about eight months. Um, Marianne, Mary Ellen Benninger told me about a job posting in Kitchener at, uh, at the time it was 570 Chime. Um, it was like the the mega power, you know, top 40 hits at the time. George Michael was doing the morning show. Um, and it was, yeah, there was, there was a weekend anchor position doing some reporting. Um, Gary Doyle invited me in for an interview. So on my way, I was down in Bramalea for a weekend to visit my family. Uh, he said, pop by on the, on the way back to Chatham. So I, Sunday morning, another Sunday interview, uh, he was in a baseball uniform with his toddler ready to go out to a t-ball game. Uh, I think I was in shorts and, and just ran up the stairs for a quick, like we had a quick chat. He said, write me some news, go record it. Okay. He faxed me the next day, a job offer. And I started in two weeks in Kitchener where I stayed for 33 years. See, so you've been around, so, yeah, no, so you, so you were there, um, through, um, all the, all the transitions then, like it was, you sorry, so it was 570 Chime, which was a top, yeah. it was like a top 40 station at the time. Yep. Yep. And, and George was the king. Remember, remember the George Michaels phone call, call of the day. Or How did that work? And kind of do, do, he would do like a prank phone call and pretend to be, you know, someone, a plumber that was supposed to come over to your house and say he did like a prank that, you know, they broke a pipe and there's $20,000 in damage and 
the family would be in on the joke and the person would flip out on the phone and then George would tell them it was a joke at the end. Do you remember those, those pranks of the day? Like George Michael's no. call of the day. Yeah. He was famous for it. And it, he did it for years and years. Like it was his morning staple, his morning thing where he would prank people and put on voices and yeah, it was just incredible. So when I started George, that just what George was doing, Gary was reading the morning news. I was in a weekend anchor with Karen Rebo who um, is still a good friend and she's anchoring now on Canadian press. You hear her on her early mornings um, right across Canada. Um, who else was reporting at the time? Mike Patterson. Um, there was some Rob Williams. Williamson was doing the afternoon. Cynthia Colby was in the morning. Um, and then we also had our country station, which was 96.7. And, uh, about a year after I started, they, they got permission to do a format flip and state like flip chime to the FM. So it became 96.7 chime and country went to 570. So chime became a more of an FM powerhouse country went on to the AMs. It was carrying a lot of, it was pairing the J's back then. I think we were carrying some hockey at the time. I don't think we had the Rangers deal right out of the gate. I think that was still down the street. Um, so they got this format flip. And um, and then, you know, over the years, we acquired another station, which became Country 106.7. And, um, you know, 570 has gone through evolutions as your information superstation with Dave Sturgeon and, of course, Jeff, that used to be on CKCO, um, Neil Aitchison in the afternoon, and then Glenn and Gary's show. And uh, then eventually it merged into, you know, a sister station, just like 680 News, 570 News became... Uh, more of a wheel with a true dedicated talk positioning and then our sports in the evening. And that's kind of where I came on board as a morning, a morning host, a morning news anchor after doing um, traffic on all the stations and doing news and reporting. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. So like, would you say that, would you say though, when they made that transition to city news, that would you say much changed in terms of how it sounds? Do you, Do you mean changing, like originally changing to the wheel format like 14 years ago or just the branding in the last uh, two years? I, I would say just like overall, like they've often overall, because what's happened, they've had the, the they've had all news mornings and afternoons for quite some time, except for that time. I'm not sure if you remember, but, except for that time back in 2012, 2013, when they made that flip the talk in the afternoon where they had Jeff on in the afternoon, the late Jeff Allen, and then went back to, and like, see, compared to, let's say overall, would you say things like when they made the transition, they've always had at least they, they've gone, they flipped between sometimes having one talk show to two talk shows. And now they're back mm -hmm. to one. Um, I, I mean, I used to work there and obviously I love it. So I'm going to say it definitely had good traction. It, you know, it worked because that's what the listeners wanted. And we take a lot of feedback from listeners. And obviously we've had a, a lot of different program directors over the year and some bigger yep. Um, consultants, bigger bosses in Toronto who know what they're doing. So that would be more of a programming decision. Um, and I've always been on the morning show doing the news. So to me, it was always a good fit. It worked for me. And 
I think it really worked with our listeners too. And we had good numbers to show for it. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. And yeah, I know that's the thing about, that's kind of the thing of, that's kind of the thing of media today though, where, where it's a constant changing business and in a sense, what are your thoughts on me on the state of media today of overall? Like, well, I mean, there's some huge headlines from just Friday even to today, um, you know, more on the print side, but it's a hit yeah. to our industry and it's a hit to local news, which to me is even more troubling. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Tour Star slash Metro, Metro Land um, cut 600 jobs on Friday. All the regional newspapers have gone digital uh, across Ontario. The record was spared. Hamilton Spectator was spared. But that's some huge hits, and they're going to just digital for those markets. Um, those are less reporters out at council meetings, less reporters questioning things, going out to you know talk to, to people who, who are making and breaking the news, holding, less people holding people accountable. Um, you know, to me, that's very concerning. Um, it was nice to see some of our elected leaders like Barry Verbanovic, the mayor of Kitchener, come out with a tweet also pointing out that, you know, um, we, we need media. We need for a, a good democracy, um, you know, to see local jobs cut, whether they're termed radio competition or not, it's still local news and it really hurts and it hurts a community. You know, um, you, you need someone out verifying information. Just because someone puts it in a tweet doesn't make it true. You need someone fact-checking, questioning what a politician is saying or, or what's happening on a scene. You need someone to, to get the answers, go to the right sources and confirm the information and also see it firsthand. And a lot of that is disappearing. And to me, it's really scary. Um, this morning, um, Metro Media in Quebec, um, which is not connected to Torstar, they laid off hundreds of people um, and are, are they filed bankruptcy. And again, it's like the, those regional newspapers that are telling stories in your community, you know, with local sports teams, what, what your kid did out on the playing field to, to what happened at council or why, why are they digging all that up in the downtown or why were there five police cars at the end of my street? you know, none of this is going to get answered or it's just going to be a brief statement that's on a digital site. Um, you know, it's really going to impact our communities. Well, see, and that's like, see, and that's the thing, right? And that's kind of where it, like, that, that's really where it, it unfortunately is going. And see, and and let's, and, and let, let's kind of be honest about, see, like, the online news act is, is not going to it, it it's not it's not going to it will not solve the underlying concern here they're they were thinking it will and they're right, sort of yeah. right and see yes. this, the trudeau government did sort of like they you know they did sort of you know in conjunction with the crtc that they're they're trying to kind of walk it back in some capacities, but they're just not able to here because it's like it, it's like it's not going to solve the underlying concern. Well, and a perfect example of when you're talking about Meta um, slash Facebook and Instagram and the information we used to see out there, and even the delays on stuff getting posted on Twitter because of Elon Musk, 
you have wildfires and people are literally evacuating their communities and where they would have gotten some basic quick information on their cell phone because we've trained them over the years to go to Facebook, go to our Instagram, go to our Twitter feeds as media members. Um, that information was blocked or not accessed. Um, you know, yes, we're, we're, we're pushing people to listen and to listen live and to, and to go to websites as well. But after, you know, years and years of training people that they can pop up and look at our posts there as news organizations, trusted, verified information, that information was not accessible to a lot of people fleeing for their lives at that moment. But, but that's the thing, right? And it, it, but and that's it too. But see, I, I, in a lot of and of course, um, uh, of course, Parliament resumes today. I believe any that's what if I remember if I heard it correctly. I didn't. Uh, it resumes today, or resumed it today. Um, but I, I think. But is this something? That, and I asked Matt Cundell this question um, when he was on a few weeks ago. But where I also do, need to, I saw that I need to listen to him as well. Yeah. There's so many good ones. So oh yeah. Ones. Yeah. Now do you, but, but I want to, I want to also ask you this question that do you feel, because it kind of has come up here. Do you feel in a general consensus is the, when, when the next federal election is called and it could be sooner than people might think that is this something the online news act is this something that people are going to think about or take into account and consideration when they go to the polls to vote i would say yes and even the fact that you doing your homework before you vote a lot of people would quickly pull up an article or look at a post on facebook from a me so even you prepping as a voter will impact you getting the information, let alone this is one of the many issues going on in Canada right now. Um, I, it will come up. Will it be a make or break deal for someone to win an election? I don't think so, but it's definitely up there, um, you know, maybe in the top 10 of um, summer of discontent. And, and this has been brewing for a long time. And we poked the giants maybe a little too much that own some very big communications pieces across the world. And uh, there seems to be some backlash now and we're trying to navigate it. Um, you know, it was a big discussion even in our classroom at Conestoga, I teach radio news. And um, even just, it's, it's changing weekly and different news organizations like the Canadian Association of Broadcasters and CBC are, have launched some um, legal action as well, try to overturn or uh, improve access. Um, it, it's, it's like, it's an ongoing story and it's gonna be continuing. And you're right, it could be a bigger issue again, or it might flare up in a bigger way in people's minds come election day. Um, one of the big battles we all face come election time is, as we cover things as reporters, a lot of people don't go out and vote. As much as everyone has something mm -hmm. to say, yep. Um, yep. we'll drill it down, we'll start municipally. That's like the least voter turnout of all types of, whether it's provincial, federal, or municipal. People complain and bitch and everything else they want when there's something going down in their backyard. But do they make the time over that lunch hour after work to go to the polling station and vote? Something that would take literally two to five minutes or if there's a bit of a lineup after work, maybe half hour of your time for the next three to four years plus. Um, you know, it, how fired up will people be on that actual election day? 
also will come into play. And will this be buried a little bit more? Will things have cooled down? Will there be another example where in an emergency situation in our country, we needed to get some information out to people and it was very hard to do? That'll come into play for sure. So, yes, now as we wrap up then, so tell us about the um, teaching. Like, um, um, what what is, what is that like? And what is it that you tell students? What do you teach? And maybe even some of the um some of the uh young uh some of the um young reporters that are now at city news kitchener what would be something that you tell your students what are things that you tell your students and what were some what was your advice to those young reporters coming i talking about can we throw some names in here there are some names that i'm thinking about when it comes to reviews. oh yeah i'll throw i'll throw their names out too, okay jonathan for example them. folks like jonathan strom brent cater Mm-hmm. Frank Cater was one of my students just a few years ago. Now he's on our morning show, which thrills me daily. Um, it's it's full circle, you know. Selfishly, um, I was I was approached to teach uh, radio news. It's a radio program, so they only get me um, once per year. So I teach first year radio news and then second year advanced news reporting. So that class, it's a two year radio program. They would get news with me twice. Um, So I'm prepping them to at least jump on CJQ, read the news, gather some news, know how to run out to to, uh, you know, a breaking news story, Um, you know, to get to get some basics under their belt. A lot of them probably went into that program thinking I want to be a jock on the air or I want to be a sports announcer or have my own podcast. I wouldn't say the majority of people going into the radio program at Conestoga say I want to be anchoring the news. They probably will maybe go maybe more of the journalism route or, um, you know, maybe maybe into the TV program with Kyle. But um, I always tell them when they start out with me um, for the first year, I want you to keep an open mind to news because there are always news jobs. News is always hiring radio jobs in terms of announcer jobs. They're, they're, those postings aren't as um, populous. Um, they come up, but you know, you're going to go to a different market or a different province. But here in our market, there are news jobs available. And you can start in as, uh, you know, as a, an operator, or a part time reporter anchor, we can get you in reading some traffic on the weekends. But once you get your foot in the door, you're exposed to three amazing stations. You know, we've got Country Chime and City News 570. You can get your voice heard on all three of those stations. And there are there are more full-time jobs, I believe, at the moment for someone just coming out of school in the news end of things, especially, I would say, even in our market. Um, there's some really great opportunities. So I absolutely love when I see our students come through the door, um, like Brent, and just kick butt. Um, you know, and then I see some of our other students that just graduated, like Ryan Schantz. Ryan's full-time in our promo department for all three stations. Um, he interned with PJ and Robin on Country 106.7. And then Isha, one of our our other just recent grads, just got hired to work in Woodstock. So there's some really awesome stories and they kept they kept their ear and 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 voice open to um, learning about radio news. And I always say to them, even if you say to me, I'm never getting a radio news job, Lisa, it'll still improve your writing, your social media, how to pick topics that mean something for our demo market. You know what I mean? Um, how to how to book an interview? 
uh, for a morning show. So there's still all great skills that will, you know, help you whatever facet of the radio business you go into. And um, I just love seeing the success stories and we have our students come in and intern and see them go on to, to bigger places. It's, it's just, it's awesome. So it's kind of full circle for me. And yeah, I kind of feel like a proud mom, but I, I selfishly, we also got great interns and we get great hires coming into the building as well. Um, so to me, it's a win-win on the college side and for us, you know, at the station as well. And we've got a great local market where we've got other stations that really welcome all of our students in and support them and offer them jobs. And, you know, I think we have a really unique radio market in Waterloo Region, really supportive. Yeah, no, that that's I yeah, know that's uh, that's good to hear too. And um, now, now here's here's what do you have? Is any questions for me? Is there something you would like to ask me, or is there anything you wanted to that you wanted to know about me? Or well, I know we've been I I say we've been Twitter friends, and now ex I don't know how we say ex friends because it sounds like we're not <laughs> friends anymore. But you you've communicated for a long time. I know that you've been a long time listener. Yeah, I always saw you weigh in when we were wishing like Leah John Leah Johansson, who went on to work at City and Breakfast Television. She's kicking butt on the air. Um, you know, when we've had some of our people leave to 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 move within our Rogers, you know, organization. Karen Siolan was another thing. one too. Karen Siolan's kicking butt as well on City News. Um, but you always weighed in and you're always so gracious as a listener to let them know that you listened and you always noticed when someone was off or you know, away for a bit, like you, you were, did a good job about tracking us down and, you know, keeping on top of people. And um, what, what made you so interested in radio and decide to do this podcast? It was a couple, first of all, maybe a few things and not maybe it was a few things. It was number one, um, that I really, uh, I've always, that keeping, enjoying the quality of the um, broadcasts and announcers to um, always keeping my eye out for uh, different stories, always enjoying the conversations. And, and, you know, and, and you also know that I'm a sports guy too. I'm a Leafs fan, a Jays fan, a Raptor fan. I heard you, I heard you grilling Don Collins. Yes. I know you're a sports fanatic. Oh, right? oh uh, yeah. <laughs> you're on it. Yes. Um, you know, and uh, you know, and, you know, I, 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 you know, and I've always enjoyed the, the conversation. I've always enjoyed the conversations and I knew, see, it was always a dream of mine from the age of seven where I'm 34 now, but at the age of seven, which is kind of when I started listening to, um, 570 news when, or city news, when it became talk. Um, and I, you know, I said, but then, you know, that, you know what, I'd love to have my own talk show one day. And it was then it was the the Wayne McLean days. Remember the Wayne McLean days? I do. I do. He was yeah. a major movie buff. Did you yeah. know that? He could like give us movie reviews. Like he would just, just go on and on about movie. Like he knew his movie roster. He should have been like uh, Rogers and one of the Ebert. What were the um, movie guys? Um just just incredible um he was really up on his entertainment and just everything to do with the cinema old and new he was a character that's for that we can say he was he was 
Um, but you know what? There was a, a sweet soul in there. You know, I think a lot of talk show people, they put on this um, big, uh, I don't want to, persona. But when you, they're actually, a lot of them are very quiet, very shy, really keep to themselves. Um, when my grandfather passed away, he was one of the people that just showed up and was there to support me that day. And I never expected it. You know, it's just, he just, um, there was a, a real sweet soul in there. Um, but people think when you hear someone on a talk show, they're just there to push your buttons and get the chatter going. Jerry but, Agar, um, an example of that. Mm-hmm. Just really, you know, there's, there's always someone else behind the mic as well, right? Yeah, no, there is. And, you know, like, so like I said, you know what, this would be a nice, it would be a dream for me to actually have my own talk show. And you're doing it. I am. Yeah, there we go. See, yeah. Yeah, no. And right. So, right. And, and you know what, and you know what, and I take nothing for granted, Lisa, all of the, you know, you know, to everybody that comes in and chats with us here, chats with me. I, I'm always really, really grateful to and very thankful. I can't thank everybody enough for all the time that they give me. You know, some of them have been on um, uh, m- um, multiple times. Uh, Farwell, for example, Mark Perry, for they've been on a couple of times. You know, that just that they're so just gracious with their time and just, you know, and just, you know, and and it's just, and everybody else, it's just, you know, it just, it means so much. So two questions for you about podcasting. All right. Uh, So I'm teaching tomorrow. So I'm going to tell my students about my experience with you and how you've got this podcast and to check out the different guests. Um, What would your advice be to second year radio students right now about the podcasting business and your success so far? Well, I would say my, my main message always is trust the process and, and stick to it and do it because you want to do it, not be, uh, you know, and don't do it because just because somebody else wants you to do something, do it because you want to do it. Mm-hmm. What kind of setup do you have? Have you built your own little personal studio? Are you just going with some bare bones equipment or what's your setup look like? I don't know if you can, I'm not sure if you can actually see it here. Um, um, I have, I have just a mic. I have just the, um, um, the, uh, I have a, just a ATR 2100X microphone and that's pretty much all I have. And um, and I use for editing, I use a combination of Gold Wave and Amadeus Pro. I'm just writing all this down. Can you tell? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> I can hear that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ta- I, I think you've been taking notes in our chat. Just, just the last little bit, because there's some good stuff to share with our students, right? Um, so what would be, and I'll, then I'll stop interviewing you. Oh, no, you're about to interview me. Um, this is welcome here on my, on the show. <laughs> what would be like your worst experience? You don't have to name the person or the personality, but your worst and best experience or takeaway. Um, or lesson the, learned as a result. 
from the on-air side, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've had too many. I wouldn't. I don't know if I've really had any, like, um, uh, yeah, sort of embarrassing type moments, but there was a situation that um that something kind of came up um on see i i i was actually where i was actually um it was like a, see and whereas there's a big difference say between the sports media between the canadian sports media market and the american sports media market but the one thing that is prevalent is the gambling side and right and you know i was looking at it from the sense that you know with you know it kind of came across as that you know i was not in that i'm not interested in it and and all but just be like and and whereas but i'm not in but i'm not interested in gambling but i was not looking at it from that angle i was trying to look at it from an angle of all the, because you now you see stories of risks involved with it with gambling in sports and how it's so i think i i felt that i didn't really um um i didn't really uh carry it out by and ask more questions regarding or kind of clarify my point a bit on that. Hmm. So I think my main sort of takeaway for that one would be is either either try to ask the knowledge, either try to ask or either try to ask more questions regarding that or just see where the conversation is going to go. See, I always take the Jerry Howarth approach now where, um, do you remember, do you remember Jerry Howarth, right? Yeah. They used to do the, um, they did that blitz before the season would start and they would come to town. And he was obviously on, we played him on our stations, but um, lovely man. I, I got the chance to interview him a few times. Very, very lovely man. Yes. Now, something he was actually on the Remembering uh, podcast with, um, with Jeff Samet. Um, do you remember Jeff Samet? No, I don't. I'm, you're the sports guy. I'm so not. Um, no, Jeff Samet. <laughs> I quiz our, our morning team when I was there. I'm like, okay, so, you know, I know the basics, but I, I, I'm happy for the experts in the room. Yeah, J- Jeff Samet's now doing well. He's now doing um, a uh, he's doing a, an after a mid an afternoon show on uh, on SiriusXM Canada Talks, and he was at the Fan for a number of years, um, as well as um, he also does a podcast called uh, his own podcast called the, the Remembering Podcast, and he had I'll Jerry Howard. Yeah, um, Jerry Howarth on to talk about some Tom Cheek memories back in July, and that was his sort of thing. His his thing was his always advice was on the, the main message he said was that let's let the quote, let the guest do the talking and you just listen and pick out something that the guest said and see, and, and just 
have a conversation, carry that conversation with them. Yeah, it's great advice. It's something we talk about in the classroom all the time, too. You can prepare all you want, write some really great questions down, like a list of 20 questions. You might get to the fifth question and they will say something that will be a whole new direction or road to take. Um, and you're going to drop the rest of those questions in the trash can and just go with what they just said and bounce off of that. And that's where you can get your best story, your best scoop as, as a reporter, um, you know, and, and, and listen, right. Listen's very hard, especially starting out when you're, you're so concentrating on your, on your questions that you prepared for and ready to jump in with your next question that you might not hear that something incredible that they just said about the third sentence in. Yeah, absolutely. That's just it. And, and, you know, and that was another thing I always find myself, I always listen well to what, you know, to the conversation, right. And try to understand what, and I also like to read as well. I mean, I, I also like to read as well. I'm currently reading 101 essays that will change the way you think by Brianna Wiest. Oh, again, I'm writing that down too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You should have yeah. a little book club going too. Oh, I do. That's what we do on. That's what I sort of do on. Uh, that's what we sort of do on Spicy Techie as well, where um, we talk a little bit about where the opening segments always uh, uh, like that's what the opening segment. We sort of talk about what we've read, what I've read and what we've read, what the book's about. And um, that's um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so that's sort of so I do do some of that as well. I do a book club, too. Very cool. So where can people, as we wrap up, where can people um, find you um, online? Or are you um, online? It's a lot of social media. Right now, it's a lot of flowers and sheep and goats. <laughs> I'm still very much on Twitter slash X. Uh, I was tweeting. I guess do we still say we're tweeting when we're on X? I was Xing. I haven't quite, I think people are still using the tweeting verb um, with, with the stuff about the KW Symphony and their season not going ahead after, uh, you know, people are already buying their season memberships, which is pretty shocking. So to watch that and their financial difficulties, that was a big story blowing up last night. Um, and that was with an online post. So I was tweeting about that last night. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Lisa Drew Radio. Also, Cherry Hill Blooms. That's my uh, flower business. I'm a flower farmer. Um, I also have some rescue sheep, a few goats, some ducks, and uh, some cute dogs and cats. And I post a lot of pictures. My kids not so much. They're bigger, so they don't like me to post. <laughs> I respect their privacy, but the goats are okay with it. So you're going to see a lot of animal and flower pictures at the moment. Flower season just about done. As soon as we get that first frost, my dahlias are done. Um, but I'm still doing some flower orders and some deliveries. And uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a great month or so to just be out in the sunshine. Yes, and uh, and um, and uh, you will you will you will keep liking and sharing all broadcast map posts, right? A hundred percent. You can also find me on LinkedIn and uh, doing a lot of local news uh, shares there, especially with that devastating news with those job cuts. Friday and even today, um, the importance of local news and RTNDA and anything news related, I'm I'm posting on LinkedIn as well. So I'm still out there and about. You never know where I'll pop up next. But uh, right now it's at the college, my um, fifth plus year teaching at Conestoga, which I absolutely love. And you're going to see our rock stars emerge 
and show up at a station near you so keep supporting Conestoga College students and welcoming them uh, into your studios. We really thank all of our, our, our neighborhood broadcasters for doing that. Absolutely, yes. And uh, you can also find me at uh, uh, ATOM Podcast 819 on Twitter, http colon slash slash alleytechgroup.wordpress.com slash broadcast map. And broadcast map will return with you on Thursday. Um, and fun fact as well, I also took an Connect for Life's uh, an accessible voice in broadcasting actually uh, last year. Um, uh, which Connect for Life is actually a program and is actually an organization that provides uh, programs and services to people with disabilities. Um, where and on Thursday we will have one of the student we will have another um, student who graduated um, at the same time I did from the program. We'll have Bumiola Mijulo coming on to talk about her experiences um, from um, and what uh, radio was like in uh, Nigeria as well. So we'll be having wow. some. Yeah, I will look forward to that. Yes, and we will. And um, and uh, coming up on CNT Radio this weekend, we have on Friday, the weekend of the twenty second, is the Song Bank from seven to nine. We have the classical. We have the Melting Pot on Saturday from eleven thirty to twelve thirty Eastern. They've and of course the Classical Cafe from two thirty to three thirty. Lisa, thank you so much for taking this opportunity to the opportunity to join broadcast map. And I really hope that you will be back, that we can have you back in the future. Well, thank you. You've been very kind and very persistent, which I love you for sign of a good radio person. Um, it's been a real joy. Thank you so much, Ali, for including me. My pleasure. And we always remind everybody here, we remind everybody, stay tuned. There is always excellent content on the way see you on thursday september the 21st thank you so much for listening to broadcast map to learn more about the show please visit http colon slash slash alleytechgroup.wordpress.com slash broadcast map slash like the broadcast map facebook page by searching Broadcast Map. Stay tuned. There is always excellent conversation on the way.